When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the 35th edition of the Jaguar Report podcast. 35th indeed. I'm Gus Logue. Uh, my co-host is John Shipley. John, it's the first couple of days of free agency. How are we doing? Hey, we're, we're getting better accounting every week, man. Um, getting better? I'm, I'm proud of proud of us. Yeah. yeah that's uh, it. So, yeah. Well, how's your week been just personally? Uh, it's been it's, pretty stress-free, right? <laughs> it's, it's honestly, other than Arden Key signing... He didn't even sign late. If, if I was to say like he signed like late into late in the night, that'd be a completely boomer thing to say at twenty six. <laughs> I think he signed what like ten thirty. But yeah, I was gonna say I, ten. I, I, I I'll be honest. I I was asleep and then I woke up to take my dog out <laughs> at like twelve and I saw it and I was like, oh crap. So that's been the only time I've kind of been caught off guard in free agency. Other than that, been smooth. Oh, I can't believe you were asleep, John. I was. For like for like the first hour. Oh man! Well, it's it, a good thing you it, woke up. I, I guess I've honestly been really good about that throughout my career, not being asleep in important moments. Yeah. Even like when Urban got fired, I was like asleep for like thirty seconds, and then like I, I woke up and saw the thing. So, wasn't I'll he think... hired in the middle of the night, kind of too? Nah, it was like five p.m. or something. Okay. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, I must be thinking of when he was fired, but uh, so. Yeah, let's talk about free agency. I oh, yeah. Some housekeeping to get out of the way is that the moves that the Jaguars have made is signing safety Andrew Wingard to a three-year deal worth $9.6 million, which oh, yeah. is up to $13.8 million with incentives and $6 million guaranteed. So, Andrew Wingard, Dewey, staying with the team. Dude, if, if somebody had told you, like, after the 2020 or 2021 season that he'd be a guy they targeted to keep on like a three-year contract. You would have said that's crazy, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I I do think like he legitimately earned it because there's their staff, like they actually see like what the right role is for him, you know, which is, you know, as a locker room guy, a special teams ace, a number three safety, they're not trying to like, you know, square peg him into a round hole. You know, I think a lot of reason, you know, people got frustrated with his play at times was, you know, they were like for some reason playing him over Andre Cisco for right. I think he started like 15 games. But that's not his fault, you know. But now they're actually a coaching staff in place that plays to his strengths on and off the field. And I, and I, I was talking like somebody in the NFL, and it's legitimately like you need people who are around your franchise who want to be there long term, who are actually like you can show other teams around the league, hey, people are proud to be you know a part of this team and. He's one. He's one of those guys, and it's basically like get the long term guys. It's like him and Tyler Shatley at this point. So and, you know, maybe you know. Hey, off. Dwayne Smooth. I'd say Dwayne yeah. Smooth is probably like hey. a third guy in that. Yeah. Hey, in that mix. Gotta, gotta get reassigned. That's true. That's fair. 
Well, I just fact check for you because I cannot believe that Dewey started 15 games last year, but he actually did. 15 games started, and which is just atrocious. So, as you said, he's like it's a good signing for the role that he's in, which is locker room and special teams and backup safety. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he played his role like really well. I thought last year was his best year <clears throat> as a Jaguar, even if obviously the volume numbers don't reflect that because he started way more games in the past, but just has like an extra guy to fill in. It's a defense that doesn't go with many three safety sets, but in specific weeks when they want to, he at least, you know, you, you, you can do much worse, you know, at third safety than him. And then if there's somebody who, you know, you need in a pinch, you know, he's, he's not a bad option. Yeah. I mean, when he came in in the Titans game in week 14 and had the interception against Tannehill, that was a pretty big moment when he kind of stepped in. I think he started that game for Cisco. I think it did. Too. It was. Like if if we can have more of like that version of him as opposed to the year prior, then I mean yeah, absolutely. And like we said, you know, it's more about role. But it, it was very funny to see, like, it, no matter what people were told all off season, t- fans gonna win for agency hits, like want and expect their teams to sign, like somebody, <laughs> like. Like I've, anybody, yeah. Like <laughs> the, Jag- the Jaguars have been saying publicly for months, like, "Hey, we're not really going to spend." You know, I feel like reporters, both locally and nationally, have said the same thing, and you know, it's for a reason. It's what people are hearing. They're not going to spend, but after you know, thirteen years of our comp pick, kind of shows the, you know, the trend the Jaguars have kind of been on in terms of spending. Like it's thirteen straight years of them just spending like ridiculous money, and no other teams really wanting that, you know high number of volume of players of theirs back in favor. Like, of course, some Jaguars have been successful, you know, somewhere else, like Allen Robinson, but the Jaguars signed a big name guy since 2018, you know, still even with Allen Robinson leaving. So it's like the first offseason in over a decade, the Jaguars are kind of, you know, acting like this. But even though they've literally said as many times as they can, this is what they're going to do. You can understand the angst when people are just used to, like even in, 2020 when it seemed like the Jaguars had no money to spend. They still signed like Joe Schobert and Rodney Gunter (laughs) weirdly, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that if you looked it up, the Jaguars would definitely be number one in the league in terms of just free agency spending in the last 13 years or five years or just kind of any three years anywhere in that time period, really. So, I mean, we'll talk about later, but they got a few comp picks this free agency. And so now the, now the turntables are happening. To to you, is it the right approach? Like, I, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll understand obviously the very basic elementary facts of the cap, but how the Eagles <laughs> are able to keep like Darius Slay and stuff like that. How like report? I don't remember what report it was, but somebody said, "Oh, it was just cap uh, magic by Howie Roseman." No, I don't. I don't understand. You know how how that how yeah any of that you know factors in. Do, do you think still that this is, you know, the right way to go for a team that's been spending, you know, for years and years to finally settle down for a year? Definitely. I think the Eagles are just kind of making a bunch of void years and they're going to have to just like pay their debt in two years at this point, especially with the Hertz contract coming up too. But like that's even like a secondary factor to just like all of the guaranteed money they keep pushing. So I would say like, I mean, the Jaguars already have a decent amount of guaranteed push to the future especially after some of the restructures and extensions that happened in the past month. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty smart to kind of wait until after the first wave, whenever that is kind of undefined territory, right? Yeah. Just kind of like see who slips through the cracks and try to get some value out of the free agency pool, which is honestly how it always should be because like players will typically like stay with their teams if like they're good and like the team is smart. Yeah, like, like there's and very then, like there's very few irreplaceable players that hit free agency, right? Right, like literally, like every championship team is built through the draft, really. And then it's just like maybe they'll sign a couple like cheap veterans the off season prior, but it's built through the draft always. So it's the right approach. Yeah, let the board breathe. <laughs> let the board breathe, baby. Um, and people who are just now like listening to us probably have no idea. Like, <laughs> it's like a like a, a two year bit at this point, and it, it's. Uh, I hope they bring mm-hmm. it back. I hope they bring it back this spring. I do too, but then it's like I don't know. Shout out to the people who've been listening to us for a while and do get it right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> shout out, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I wouldn't make them listen to this. Oh, I try not to make them or let them. <laughs> So the Jaguars had five 
tendered restricted free agents, if I'm correct. They did not extend a tender to one of them, Tavon Campbell, but they did sign him to a one-year deal, which was, I assume, pretty much the league minimum at like $1 or $2 million. And then they did extend tenders uh, to exclusive right free agents, Blake Hans, Tim Jones, Riley Patterson, and Cole Van Lennon. And Tim Jones, according to Dean, Dean Baum, uh, signed his already. So does all that check out? Yeah, no, it, it 100% does. I mean, <laughs> Dean Baum. <laughs> no, it, it, it <laughs> million percent does. I mean, those are all players the Jaguars are, you know, looking to have back under the roster, you know, this upcoming season. Campbell is somebody who they really obviously like his traits. He didn't play much last year, but, you know, he's a hard worker. He was a good practice player. You know, somebody who could not bring him back and being like, okay, this is our – answer at cornerback like yeah <laughs> like a, a couple of years ago i can't remember exactly it might have been 2020 they had some backup at cornerback who for a second it looked like he was set to start like before they went into the draft and drafted cj henderson and in your head you're like god why would any team do this but it's not it's not you know a, a case like that he's going to be competition for the young guys gregory jr Mon- monteric brown chris claybrooks who, you know, probably I think makes most sense as the fourth or fifth cornerback right now just because, you know, his special teams value. So if you're looking for a sixth cornerback, it's basically Campbell, Brown, and Junior battling it out next camp if the Jaguars, you know, end up adding cornerbacks this offseason, which so far has not <laughs> has not happened. They've, they've released Shaq Griffin, Trey Herndon, I think Josina Anderson said, you know, won't be back with the Jaguars. He seemed like somebody who'd make – could potentially circle back to, but I mean, it seems like at this point that's, you know, not going to happen. He's drawing interest. You know, somebody reported from a few different teams, I think Atlanta, New York, and the Panthers. So they need to add multiple guys, you know, at, at some point. But the question, I guess, now is to just wait until the draft. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still a couple more waves left. I don't, how many waves are there? Like four in free agency? Yeah. Three I main said, ones. And three. then a couple, like, yeah. A couple of that lapping weeks later. I'll give you three well, big waves and a couple ripples. Yeah, a couple of ripples. That's why. Yeah. So to be clear, like Campbell and all the rest of the players I named are bottom of the roster guys. And then plus Wingard is just really the only official moves that the Jaguars have made. In terms of players, player names that have left the building, Jawan Taylor was the first to sign with a different team. On the first day of free agency, he signed – what was it, a four-year, $80 million deal? Yeah, 60 guaranteed. $60 million guaranteed with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who apparently are expected to play him at left tackle. Um, Orlando Brown just signed with the Bengals on Wednesday night. And so, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs still could. Like, there was talks that they would trade for Laramie Tunsil, and, like, they still could address left tackle at some point in the offseason and have Jawan play on the right side, but he was paid like a left tackle. I, I think Jawan can play left tackle. Like, just in terms of physical traits, like, there's nothing about his game that says, you know, he can't play left tackle. It's just the fact that he's obviously never done it. But, you know, obviously, Andy Heck, I think, is up there with Stoutland in terms of, like, respected offensive line coaches. And, it's, yeah. you know, if he's willing to roll the dice on Taylor, who, again, you know, she saw him twice last year. So it's not like, you know, they have no idea about his game. I think he's a really good fit in that offense because, you know, he's a better pass blocker. Than run the run protector, you know, he's highly athletic. He was in a similar offense with the Jaguars last year. I, I, I don't think the Jaguars were ever, you know, in consideration to pay him, you know, $60 million guaranteed, 20 million, 20 million annually when, you know, he was set to be the right tackle in Jacksonville pretty much no matter what. And, you know, maybe if the Jaguars didn't have Walker Little, maybe if Walker Little didn't have the experience he had over the last two seasons, maybe the Jaguars you know, maybe fight a little harder, you know, to get to a number like that. But that you're going to get a third round comp pick for him. You, you spent a second round pick on him. So at the end of the, at the end of the day, you got four good years of starting out of him. You have a replacement already on the roster. I, I probably wouldn't have paid him the contract that the chiefs paid him if I'm the Jaguars, but Obviously, that awesome for Jawan. Like in terms of like the guys I've covered since 2019, and you know that was his rookie year, and him, Josh Allen, and all that. He's probably like one of like the best like pure people like I've covered. He, he he's awesome. So it's it's cool to see him get a bag like that, but it's also understandable why the Jaguars 
you know, did kind of stepped away. And, but for the Jaguars, also kind of a good thing that he got paid as much as it did. They'd be like, hey, we tried. The, yeah. We just paid him. They can be like, well, look, like there's nothing we can do. Hands up. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you going to do? Like, so, if, they got him on, if they got him on, like, a good deal, that would have looked bad. <laughs> that would have stung. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a little bit what happened or seemed to happen with the Arden Key deal, which was kind of the next domino to fall. Or actually, no, Manhurts was next. <laughs> Do we, uh, we even yeah, – no, signed I mean, a two-year deal worth, I don't know, $6 million? Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, it was $6, it was $6 million. With the Denver Broncos. Gets him a seventh-round pick. I mean, two years of Chris Manhurts and getting a seventh-round pick out of that, I think it's honestly not like a bad deal. Like, you know – it was more or less the Jaguars in terms of interest. It was, you know, kind of thank you for your time, you know, <laughs> enjoy and enjoy whatever like comes next. It wasn't, didn't really seem like there was any real interest in them and kind of adding him back, you know, nothing obviously against him. It's just, I think they probably want their skill players to be a little more sufficient as pass catchers, even if they are like Luke Farrell's a block and tight end, but he's not a complete liability when he's on the field as a pass catcher you know whereas man like manners didn't have bad hands it's just he's not obviously not athletic or dynamic enough to be you know kind of on the field and running right around i remember one game they they were was it the eagles they ran like a throw down screen to him or something on like a big possession they needed (laughs) and i was (laughs) like okay no you like you can't even have him on the field because you know doug's gonna be tempted to run something like that that's true i mean that's true Let's see. The Arden Key went to the Titans. I don't really have anything else to add on Man Hurts. Like, Jack's trivia is cool that he caught the first touchdown, Trevor's first ever touchdown against the Texans. But I'm the just going to on. The Broncos have had a wild offseason. Yeah. Okay. We can, like, do you think McGlinchey had a big factor think... in the Jawan contract? Because it kind of felt like the, like, yeah. the Jaguars were pretty far out of it, seemingly. They yeah. almost felt like the Chiefs were kind of just like bidding against themselves. Yeah, I mean that's fair because you you, you can probably you know say that the Bears maybe didn't see Juwan as a great scheme fit. You know they had showed some interest, but it does kind of seem like you know no other big tackle contracts have been paid. So I, I could definitely see that. I just you personally, who are you taking the next four years, McClinchy or Taylor? Like just you know in in, in a vacuum. To to me, it's easy. Yeah, Taylor 10 times yeah. out of 10. I, I think McClinchy kind of stinks. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's right. a terrible deal. Like, he's the 20th best right tackle in football. Right. I was going to say, like, I think he's an average tackle. Yeah. And, like, the Broncos paid a lot of people. They did. And Howard like, a like, lot of money, too. I like Zach, I like Zach Allen. They, they obviously paid him. And Yeah. I don't know. If, if they trade a receiver, then they're just going to run the ball and ask Russ to throw it 15 times a game. I it's a good it's a good bit. I respect it. You know who their uh, defensive coordinator is now? Is it Linval it, Joseph? Yeah, it's Vance no Linval Joseph. He's a defensive no, it's Vance Joseph. <laughs> Linval you, you, Joseph. Yeah, no, Vance. Vance Van, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do. This this you're you're in peak offseason form. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get finally get to Arden Key since I was like trying to lead to that five minutes ago. And I feel bad about taking the man hurts break. Um, Arden Key, as you were kind of saying, signed late Tuesday night. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Tuesday night. Yeah, Second so. day of free agency or the tampering period or whatever with the Tennessee Titans, which is yeah, uh, which was kind of a big shock because it was a past John's bedtime. B with like the arch rival Titans and C it was a two year deal for or no it was a three year deal for twenty one million and so it was seven million annually which kind of at first glance seems like a fair deal and something like the Jags maybe should have offered. I mean, they paid him I think more than what you would pay like a non dominant you know sub package guy. Like they paid, yeah, him, that's like, true. they paid him like a solid pass rusher, but I think. That's probably closer to starter money than anything, and I'm I'm not sure that Arden Key. Like I, I think he's you know super valuable to have in a locker room, super valuable to have in your pass rush rotation because he's a guy who can kind of cover up like issues in several different areas. You know, like he can play at the edge just as well as he can play inside. But I mean, seven million a year. They kind of paid him, in my opinion, 
kind of like a starter or at least more trending that way or at least you know one of the more expensive role players in the league i mean I, I, at the end of the day for as valuable as he was for the jaguars he, he wasn't you know a high volume player in terms of snaps and i think because of that you know like i, I think if he was a starter the jaguars maybe you know try a little harder i mean he played 41 percent in the snaps last year and then 35 percent for san francisco the year before so i mean good player but to me I, I understand why why they would maybe see him as a really good role player, but we don't want to pay him like a like be paying him like a starter in two three years down the road. I kind of figured that teams would want to pay him as a starter, honestly, just because like even though he did play as a role player with a sub fifty percent snap count uh, or snap rate, he did have a really good like performance on a per snap basis, and so I would think that like some like analytically driven teams or whatever would kind of see like, oh, Arden Key has like a great pressure rate on like a per snap basis or something like that and be like, maybe we can like, if this guy gets more snaps, he'll keep it up. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a possibility. And so like, just as I said, initial look when I saw seven, I was like, ooh, I don't know. That seems, that just feels matchable. But as it turns out, the Jags like weren't actually super close to that offer. I, I, I don't think they came close to ultimately what he got so uh, I, i've seen some people like criticizing yeah he said after the chiefs lost how much he wanted to stay and talking about being there for a second year and stuff i mean just seeing how much he got from the titans and if you know like how much he got offered from the jaguars like nobody should criticize him like he, he made a decision that i think everybody w- would make and if you're not you're, if you're gonna say you wouldn't make that decision because you want to stay and build something or whatever I personally think you're lying because I mean I'm going after the you know the generational wealth personally. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean that was also seeming like always like the plan with Key is to like kind of give him an offer and then like it was up to him about whether he want like the market would have him just like come back to the Jaguars because it wasn't that much more, or if it was that much more, he would leave and the letters I mean- kind of what ended up happening. The Jaguars signed him to a one-year deal last year, you know, pr- probably for a reason. Which, you know, for, for one way or another, I think they saw him as not an every-down player, and I think his market probably didn't reflect that. And like you said, there are probably some teams who would give him a higher percentage of the snaps. I mean, it'll probably be a good case study for, you know, if you increase snap volume, if you know those per snaps, you know, stats stay the same. Because if he gets like starter snaps with the Titans, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how he how he'd produce. Right. And there's probably a lot of like other factors too. Like one in the other direction would be like that he probably got more snaps when Smoot went down. And we've both talked at length about how like the schedule kind of softened up in the second half of the season in terms of both offensive lines and quarterbacks faced. And I also also think like them bringing back Roy Robson Harris was kind of them saying, okay, we have part of the answer to replace key because I mean, Robson Harris wasn't used much as like a nickel down guy. Like, until Smoot really got hurt. So I, I think, you know, his performance over the second half of the season as a pass rusher, I think they probably feel more comfortable with him being one of their, like, interior guys that they depend on to get after the passer next year, which probably made it a little – like, it kind of seems at the end of the day they kind of chose Robinson Harris over key. That makes sense. Right. Which makes sure Robinson Harris is a starter and he plays more. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping he plays a little bit more late downs than, like, every single early down. By nickel – down guy, you just mean like that he's going to be playing the majority of snaps when they have five secondary players on the field? Yeah, like basically the Jaguars last year, it seemed like every time they went nickel, you know, until Smoot got hurt, it was, you know, Trayvon and and Josh Allen on the outside, Keen Smoot on the inside. There obviously some instances where it wasn't that case, but that seemed like their preferred four guys they want on the field in passing situations. And I could see Robson Harris now sliding into one of those inside roles. Okay, well, another kind of contracting news in free agency for players that didn't sign with Jacksonville, I think it's time to talk about Darius Slay. What was happening yesterday? Because Darius Slay was supposedly released from the Eagles, and then he was kind of on Twitter, kind of having exchanges with Jags players. And then last night, he ended up staying with the Eagles. With a lot of stuff happening in between he, that I probably didn't he, mention. He was never actually released. Never fo- yeah. officially released. Yeah, which I think everybody, like even including myself, like it kind of went under the radar. Like nothing actually came out. Like the Eagles have released 
you know, Darius Slayers, just that they intend to release him at 4 p.m. And he was somebody who, you know, he's they had already allowed him in his camp to talk to other teams. Like, you know, there was a report a week ago that said they had granted him permission to seek a trade. So I think there's definitely interest from other teams. And I, you know, whether the Jaguars had interest or how significant their interest was, they obviously want to add more cornerbacks this offseason. They've done their homework on the veteran cornerback market. Doug Peterson coached Slay in 2020. I, I think some dots are, you know, fairly easy to connect why they'd be interested in a guy like Slay. And I think ultimately the Eagles probably saw how much interest he was getting and kind of kicked it in an overgear. It seems like chose him over Chauncey Gordner Johnson, who I would not expect the Jaguars to be after. It, it, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like the Jaguars really have any significant interest on that side, which is weird because for their needs, Gardner Johnson makes more sense than Darius Slay. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because it's like, does that does this mean they're like want? They don't. Uh, care. <laughs> they, don't they just don't care. Yeah, they don't care about like the whole too many guy outside guys, not enough inside guys. I think it's just proved they don't care. <laughs> mm. it, it, it'll, it'll get figured out in the wash. They, they <laughs> All right. Uh, what are what are what are we talking about? I'm trying. To, I had so many questions for you. <laughs> they all vanished. Come on, come on. Let's, let's hear. My, like, I, I think hypothetically, obviously, I'm not going to add. So, if they did add another outside guy, I think if you add an outside guy who's better than Darius Williams is, I think it makes sense. Like Darius Williams wasn't great he, he he wasn't even not great he wasn't good in the slot last year but i think that if darius williams is your you know worst cornerback then you probably have fewer problems than most yeah i was gonna say like if he's the worst cornerback as opposed to the second worst because like i'm sure like the weak link outside across from him and tyson didn't really help him out and so like maybe if you make that better then he gets a little better too I was also going to, like, agree with you that, like, at first I thought that the Eagles prioritized Bradbury over Slay, and then I realized, as you said, it was, like, Bradbury and Slay over C.J. Yeah. or Johnson. Because, like, there's which, no way they're able to keep them plus Fletcher Cox plus Brandon Graham. Which, it, it's wild. Like, Gardner Johnson is younger, you know, but I guess, you know, outside cornerback is more of a premium position. But, is it, like, Slay would have been, like, the cl- like classic, I think, like Jaguar signing, like really big name, you know, everybody would get super excited and stuff, but he's what, like 31, 32 years old. Like he's mm-hmm. still really good, don't get me wrong, but would it actually be smart? Like probably not, but that doesn't mean I wasn't rooting for he you has know, some some chaos. I at, but it for whatever reason it seems like and again, people only explain it as oh, the Eagles did cap mat. Like, no, I, I need somebody to put it on paper and explain to me how the hell these teams, like you said, pushing money toward the future, but no, it is still like just ridiculous. No, no, because like it, the Eagles it, are like always in it. They have been in it for the past five years, and it feels like even with with all of this salary cap BS, they will be in it for the next five too. I, I guess to to me, how the cap's always been put best is you can keep anybody that you want. It's just the question is, should you? You know, like you, you can make it work with anybody you want. It's just there are going to be consequences down the road, road one way or another. <laughs> yeah, we'll see when the Saints end up paying those consequences. Hey, Andy Dalton walked. <laughs> but they brought back Jameis, the better quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Davenport signed what, a one year, $13 million contract? Yeah, with the Vikings, right? Uh, Matt Yale. What, what, what university did he go to? The Vikings GM? I'm skeptical. I think of every, it was Yale. It was either Yale I'm, or Brown. Skeptical, or skeptical of every Ivy League GM, just just on principle. I'm Why, I don't think they're not they're not football guys. No, they are. They are football guys. I'm just got my got my. I'm monitoring the situation. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Browns and the Saints are probably like the two teams that have like less depth at defensive line or just defensive tackle than the Jaguars right now. Because, like, they really just have, like, it's been, like, the toughest position to see, like, get signed, really, even with all the Slay stuff. It's probably been defensive tackle because they really just have Robertson, Harris, Devon Hamilton, and Foye Fatukasi under contract right now, and that's it, right? I want to say that's other than, like, some practice squad 
guys. Yeah. That's yeah. Gotsis is a free agent and uh Coy Peters is too. Corey Peters. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? You're a monster. You know that? Oh first my god. No, first you don't want to talk about Chris Manhurts. And now you scoff at a valuable member of that franchise being a free agent. You're an animal. Oh man. That guy. You're you're an animal. Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere, and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. Okay. Um, <laughs> what else should we? What else is there to talk about? Should we like go over some names that like I cornerback and D tackle that they could sign now that it's been two days? To, to me, the two names that still stand out are Sean Murphy Bunting, who the Bucks chose. You know, Jamel Dean over him. It doesn't really seem like the cornerback market is that crazy. Like Cam Sutton got a good deal. Uh, other other than that, you know, there haven't really been any crazy contracts out there. Yeah, Gilmore and Ramsey were both like traded for not too much. Yeah, so I think you can get like Murphy Bunting probably, you know, for a reasonable contract considering he's been hurt a decent bit the last two years. And then Puna Ford's another guy like Arden Key last year was signed at the end of March, you know, about a month before the draft. He was like a late stage free agency guy who, you know, the first waves kind of settled down. He was able to draw interest from a couple different teams. The Jaguars got him for a reasonable deal. If they want to go after a guy, similar guy, just in terms of somebody who's, I think, market would be like that. I think Puna Ford, you know, still makes a lot of sense. He would fill a need on the interior. He's a solid interior pass rusher. He, he he wasn't great last year, but I think he's the kind of guy who it would make sense for them to target. Yeah, those are kind of the two guys that's on my like watch list, especially Sean Murphy and Bunting, because I feel like I've heard his name from like eight different like unofficial sources. And then, like, I was on Wikipedia, or, like, I don't know. I just saw something about his name on Twitter. So I looked up his name on Google. And on Wikipedia, it says he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then, so I don't know. There was, like, one other thing that, like, is just kind of pointing. Or maybe just the fact that there's two former Buccaneers coaches on the Jaguars staff now. It just feels like a lot of signs are pointing that way. Plus Dean signing over him, et cetera, I mean, I- et cetera. I think it'd be a smart signing. Like he has experience inside and outside. He tested like a really good athlete. He was a second round pick. You know, he obviously has experience with some of the coaches. You know, he was a major contributor for a Super Bowl team. You know, I, I think there are a lot of reasons like to think that, you know, he'd be a smart addition. Yeah. I would say other other cornerback name like Rocky Sin after like Byron Murphy got signed, probably Yasin is like the biggest name after uh, uh, Murphy Bunting that I'm watching. I'll plead guilty. Where did Byron Murphy sign? I think the Vikings. Somewhere somewhere north. Really? I'll be honest. I missed that one completely. Oh, no, it was the Lions. And then, like, I think Campbell had a presser today, and he was, like, raving about him. But, it, like, I think the Lions got him for, like, a pretty solid deal. Interesting. It appears he got signed by the Minnesota Vikings. But oh, was, you, like, first you, time. <laughs> you're in the right division. You're in the right division. <laughs> now, I think that probably makes sense. I've, although to me, Rockerson has kind of been a poster child of dude getting burned the last couple of years. I just feel like every time I see him, he's, yeah, I know he's a solid corner. It's just he shows up on red zone a lot. And <laughs> that's not good for yeah. any, any cornerback. But I mean, that was a good take. I, I, I thought Emmanuel Mosley was the guy who made sense for them. The Lions, you know, got him to pay with Sutton. You know, he was. Uh, ACL guy, <laughs> uh, former 49er, so appeals to both Trent Balky and Ethan Wall, uh, their best interests. But, you know, he obviously went to Detroit. So the cornerback market does seem like, you know, is maybe, I don't want to say drying up, but some of the, the bigger names, I think, are definitely gone. So it's going to get to the point where Murphy Bunting, I would imagine it probably would make more sense for him to make a decision, you know, probably in the next week or so, rather than being like a late March type guy. All right, are there any 
like other defensive tackle names. Matt Ioannidis from the Panthers is like I feel like always on a free agent list for the past three years. Yes, and like is always like a like oh this is a, just a good defensive tackle veteran. No, he, so he, I don't he, know if there's any connections there. He he always is. <laughs> it's it's it seems like how long has he been in Carolina? I think a year because I I swear he was on like free agent list last season. He was a Temple guy, wasn't he? That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I'm that rule guy. Nunez Rocha has got like a really good deal from New York. I thought they would potentially try to get him on a similar deal. Like it was like three years, twelve million. That's a, a to me a really good you know contract. I think some other guys who are out there who can maybe make some sense. Um, Shelby Harris, you know, he's older, but oh yeah, he's good. Quentin Jefferson, maybe. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. I mean, I kind of haven't heard Chubby Harris's either, but I feel like he was hurt. It's not a great group. Um, either of the Rams defensive tackles stick out to you? Ashawn Robinson or Greg Gaines, I think. Ashawn's solid. Like he's like if you want to get like a perfectly like dependable, like kind of like NPC <laughs> generated <laughs> kind of run defender. Like, like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. He, he's but in a good way. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's 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 perfectly, perfectly okay. Yeah, he's just there, but in a good way. He's exactly. Not, yeah, I feel like like that was Brandon Linder. Like he was good, like better than Ashawn Robinson, but like you just like never noticed him getting beat, which was a good thing. I feel like he he never really had like any tackles. Like no one raved about him. Like he was Jason Kelsey. Did you see or highlights? Not tackles. You see how skinny he got? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wild dude. Transformation Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. All right. Any other positions? Tight end could still be one to watch, right? Yeah, tight end, and even then, I don't think it's really a position that. There's a lot of names that stand out, you know. You kind of think they have to add a guy because the only two guys who saw snaps last year that are on the roster are Evan Ingram and Luke Farrell. But I mean, it's not a good list. And Mike Gusecki makes no sense for them to be interested in. <laughs> Dolphin Schultz, terrible. No, yeah, dude, it makes it makes no sense. Uh, Dolphin Schultz and Austin Hooper, they don't really seem like they make sense either. Tom, maybe Robert Tonsian. Would you be interested in a? A one-year flyer on Robert Tanyan? No, I shut him down last podcast. So I'm going to shut him down again. <laughs> I'm shutting players down now. I'm just not even talking about them. My time is valuable in the offseason. <laughs> Your time is valuable when you ask me about free agent tight ends. There's, there's nobody. There's yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna, if the tight ends are Evan Ingram and Luke Farrell, or they're going to draft somebody behind Evan Ingram who will catch 10 passes in 2023. Yeah, well, that's my main point. It's not really that there's anybody to sign. It's just that there's like not or a lot of slaps, a lot of snaps available. Yeah, there's no the, the the second tight end will catch ten passes next year. That's my guess. <laughs> you, 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 that, that's that's my hot take of the week. Okay, I want, to, I want you to write it down in your iPhone notes wherever. Remember it. I'm not and I want to do that. <laughs> I want to see how close I get because that's my official <laughs> prediction. Okay. Second tight end is a wasted 53-man roster spot at, at, at this point in speaking. I'll try to remember it when I, I'll probably do like a off-season bets piece of like, oh, Trevor Thousand, Trevor Lawrence over 4,000 yards. And then I'll do like the Shipley bet, which is just whoever the second tight end is under their caches total. Tim that's Jones. How we'll, is, that's how we'll remember it. Tim Jones is really the second tight end. Mm. There you go. Bars. Uh, okay. You want to talk about anything else? I have to brainstorm a hot take. Uh, but we could talk about Ramsey, Rogers, did, any other free agents. Did, did you see Ramsey's quote about uh Mike McDaniel being weird? <laughs> no. What was, it? <laughs> was it recent or was it like from? It was, it was today. <laughs> it was today. Yeah. Let me. I, 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 I gotta find it. It, it made me geek. Uh, <laughs> From uh, Joe Shad, you know, excellent beat reporter in Miami. Jalen Ramsey, quotation marks, coach is a little weird. We're all weird in our own way. He's not fake. He seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> that's crazy. There's no way. No yeah. Way. Nah, that's not like an onion tweet. I mean, did J- Jalen Ramsey for a third? Obviously, you have to pay him a ton of money. I mean, is there a reason to you why every contender didn't make that deal? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't get it. He's still really good. I mean, unless he was like saying to his agent to tell teams like, "Oh, I'm gonna like want a lot of money," and that scared teams some teams off at least. It, I I think I saw from the Athletic that the Rams didn't want to trade him within the NFC, which. You know, eliminates half the league right off the bat. And then I will say, J- Jalen Ramsey is one of those players who probably not every team, you know, kind of needs. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the locker room. I mean, I mean just in, in terms of if he if he doesn't want to play somewhere, he he's very vocal about it as the Jaguars and Jacksonville have seen. Let's say, come on, you've had all this time. I've, I've opined and I've opined and I've opined. Do, do the Jaguars have a free agent, external free agent signed by this time, 5.55 p.m. No. next week? I, I thought you were no? going to say tomorrow. So I was like, <laughs> I came prepared with the no. This is dropping hard. But I'll stick with that. Yeah, just give me the hot take. Like, even with the expectation that you're not going to sign anybody, going the whole week without signing anybody so funny. <laughs> <laughs> just punning on the entire section of the offseason. Right. Like, again, we've said that's what's going to happen. Perkley understand why. It's probably a smart thing to do. It doesn't not make it funny. <laughs> okay, here's my take. Robert Sala will be fired in less than the calendar year. You I, th- think I think the, Aaron Rodgers' experiment is going to go horribly. You think Aaron Rodgers has a personal meltdown about halfway through and pulls the plug? Yeah, well, I think he has a personal meltdown halfway through and then doesn't pull the plug, but just, like, clearly stops trying, even clearer than, like, it already has been. And, like, the fact that he went on the show, not that I, like, watched it or saw exactly how he said it. (laughs) To be clear, I did not watch. (laughs) Not that I watched it. Like, it's some kind of plague. It's okay if you watched it, Gus. It is okay if anyone It's a good program. It's a good program. I was just trying to say I didn't watch it, but I heard that he said that he like was ninety percent sure going into the darkness cave retreat thing that he was going to retire, and then he came out, saw that the Packers were trying to trade him, and then like <laughs> wanted to go to the Jets. So he's playing the season out of spite. Like whether or not he's lying or that's real, like both are like bad scenarios. Like I thought, I thought it was like known like since the season basically ended that they were like going to try to trade him. So like they basically like they didn't want him. Like he was. <laughs> like, am, am, am I wrong in that? Okay, well, I think there's a difference. I think they haven't wanted him for a while, but they don't necessarily want to trade him just because, like, I don't know. He's given them such so much BS that, like, oh. I feel like they kind of want to give it back in a little bit. And they, they're also just, like, seemingly playing hardball with the Jets now, being like, oh, I don't know, you guys clearly want each other, and now we have all the power. They, they do hold all the leverage. Like, <laughs> the Jets should be pissed that Rodgers went on that show. Yeah, they, they should be one pissed that he went on that show and completely killed their leverage because now it's clear that, you know, he, he really wants to play for the Jets. The Jets really want him. The the, the Packers, like, don't think the Packers aren't petty enough, like, to let the season waste away with his money, like, on, on the books, you know, if they don't want to. Like, they hold all the cards. And the Jets should also be pissed that he keeps calling it the darkness. I, 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 as a society, <laughs> I'm not calling it the darkness, dude. <laughs> Honestly, the final straw for me was like just the whole thing was the fact that like he sent a list a list to the Jets of people to sign, and it included Randall Cobb, and like the just like the idea that like a professional football team would be giving Randall Cobb like meaningful snaps, what in twenty twenty three is like, no, that coach well, is going to get fired. It was Lazard Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, and like. I don't think Russell Douglas is a free agent, but like I feel like it was like one other Packer. Maybe it was just like, those three. But it's like, like an average forty time of four point eight. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. That might be being generous. Dude, I, I, I get um, it. You know, like I, the Jets kind of boxed into this corner, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it's all very ridiculous. I, I'm over Aaron Rodgers. Like I, you know, happy for the Jets. All they needed last year was a quarterback because they got the defense humming. So. Maybe if Rodgers isn't a complete mess, but yeah, 
I don't know. Things don't normally go right for the Jets in untenable situations. So that, that's probably my guess of how it's going to go. But I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm very over Aaron Rodgers dragging – us, you know, basically making the entire football world hostage every offseason. <laughs> yeah, them. it's it's craziness. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well, that about wraps it up, I think. Yeah, no, slow, slow week, slow week on the Jaguars front. I mean, one last thing before we go. Okay. How do you think they adjust the pass rush? Like, how, if you had to guess who they're, you know, they come out next year, nickel from nickel, you know. Formation, the top four pass rushers. Tell me right now who you think they are, and you, you don't have to say like if it's a rookie or specific player. You can just say rookie. Okay. Top four, you said. Yeah, yeah. Like if they come out, yeah, and nickel right now. Who are their four pass rushers? Oh, who are their four pass rushers? Oh, definitely. Cravon, Josh Allen. Roy Robertson Harris and Fati Kazi. That's your prediction for week one? I don't think they're going to get someone that's like an upgrade over Fati Kazi, even <laughs> though he's like not that That'd great by week That'd one. Be, be because bad. it's like they're not, there's not, there's no one. Okay, maybe Puna Ford will play over him. You don't think a rookie could take some third down snaps? Not unless it's like Brian Breesy in the first round. Because, like, even if they go Keanu Benton in the third or whatever, or like Dexter in the third, I don't, I, I kind of feel like they're like adding death at this point. It kind of stinks. What do you think? I, th- I think a rookie is their fourth guy, honestly. In like I, pass rushing situations, yeah, in, I, I in between you, I Allen and Trayvon, I assume. I I know like you're paying Fadakasi like a guy you can rely on to be that guy, but I don't think you can rely on him to be that pass rusher. I mean, that's just to me not his game. I mean, if you told me that like Trayvon could be one of the two interior guys, just assuming they're doing like a normal four down front, like if you told me I could push Trayvon sure. inside and like sure. have a veteran or a sure. rookie replace like the edge rusher then like you I would say definitely like i think there's okay i'll put it this way in terms of just like uh edge rushers i think there would definitely be like someone ab- above caleb on chase on and jordan smith and below uh trayvon walker and josh allen with two guys in between you're predicting you know what i mean they add a, you're predicting they add a player with a pulse so that's uh, they're going to have a number, a new number three and number four pass rusher by the end of the season behind Trayvon, edge rusher specifically behind Trayvon and Allen. Are Are you surprised that a Trent Balky team is kind of at the moment this low on pass rushers? Um, I'm surprised they're this low on like defensive linemen because like if you can combine the edge rushers and the defensive tackle like both of the depth for those is pretty brutal but it's like kind of what happens when you like spend on the first day of free agency and like don't hit on day 3 of the draft for a decade actually Don and Dave had some moments Fadakasi looking like the only like near miss of last year's free agency class kind of looms kind of large yeah well i would say that that's a win looking back on it at least if he's like the one with Generally yeah, no, no, it, it is. It is. I mean, but I would agree with you that he would you would lift. you would you rather whiffed on Fatakasi or Darius Williams? Darius Williams, because I'm not comfortable with him as a. Well, I guess I'm not comfortable with either of them, like as a starter. Would you rather whiffed on Fatakasi or Zay Jones? I think Zay Jones. No, now that you have Fatakasi, yeah. Yeah. He's like a very serviceable wide receiver three, albeit expensive. The pretty, I, I, I won't say a bold statement because I have zero research to say if it's true. I probably should have researched it by now, but I'd venture to say he's probably one of the most expensive wide receiver threes in the NFL. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, I mean, the Jags have a coach, a quarterback, a wide receiver one, and a wide receiver two. So... Other than injury, there's no reason they shouldn't be top five in scoring. So it, it, it doesn't my, seem, another it hot definitely, take for you. 
definitely seems like they're pushing all their chips in on Trayvon Walker developing into something this year, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe they'll like end up drafting an edge in the at twenty fourth overall and like sign like not maybe not Justin Houston, but a Justin Houston type of just like an old veteran edge, and then like Wolf and be complete thinking completely different. But I guess it is more likely that nothing happens. You, you know, it would be pretty bulky to trade what? up for no trade up for Nolan Smith. You think so? Doesn't he only have like thirty two inch arms? Yeah, but he weighs like two hundred and ten pounds. He, like that's like every Trent bulky edge rusher he's ever drafted has been like super skinny. Other than really? Other, I mean, Aldon, Aaron Lynch. Aldon is also just like super tall. Same with DeForest. Actually, DeForest is kind of slim. Um, I guess you're right. Tank Caradon wasn't slim, but Eli Harold, who maybe weighed 200 pounds. I have no idea what you just said, man. You don't remember Eli Harold? No. Yeah, that, that really makes me regret every year I've ever spent scouting the draft. I remember when people thought Eli Harold was like a top five pick. And if he weighed 200 pounds soaking wet, I, I would, I'd, I'd bet my mortgage on it right now. If he weighed 200 pounds soaking wet, what? That he did not weigh 200 pounds soaking wet at any point in his NFL career. Oof, he right. him like, a third, like he, he, he likes skinny Patrick. I mean, Jordan Smith, you know, another guy. Right. Do Trayvon, you, uh, Trayvon's probably the exception. I thought you were trying to bait me into saying that like Jordan Smith was going to be like the guy at edge just because like Wiggs had the podcast, which was a great <laughs> podcast, but like everyone's like super hyped about Jordan Smith all of a sudden who's like, I feel like he has 10 snaps in two years. <laughs> In the back of my head, I was like, how can I get in the hype of Jordan Smith? No. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. Oh, good thing. Good thing. I didn't fall but, for it. Yeah. I see. <laughs> like, somebody asked me like how they feel about him, and I'm like, they, they've never seen him practice in shoulder pads. Right. <laughs> like, obviously, Trent Balky and the coaches who are still there from a year before had, but like the new staff, like Doug and stuff, like they've never seen him take the actual football practice. He got hurt during the spring last year. Like he's kind of a big question mark right now. You know, maybe he comes in training camp and, you know, plays with his hair on fire and earns a roster spot, but pretty much seems like that's what he has to do to even, you know, be worth, you know, mentioning. Yeah. Wiggs was basically like saying he was a good kid at the end of the day. Like, that's no, I mean, he, he, he definitely seems like. It. I mean, he. It, it's honestly like he's been handed like a really you know, crappy, you know, draw situation in the NFL. You're not playing yeah. much as a rookie because you're playing for a staff that it just seemed like did not like playing rookies. Like nobody in that rookie class really played other than Trevor, and then last year getting hurt, you know, and a complete freak injury. In practice, so now I, I personally, I'm I'm pulling for him. You know, I hope he comes to camp. You know, playing on fire. I mean, me too. Uh, did Deshaun Dixon got get injured last year too? Because I was yeah. another like, oh, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give him an excuse, I guess, because I just don't really remember his name after like going through like 53 man roster stuff. Yeah, no. and preseason. No, he's healthy. Okay. Anything else, John? <laughs> <laughs> you baited totally... me into that one. You, you baited me into that one. No, I'm good. Let's see if next time we pod, they have a new free agent. That's it. That'd be fun. All right. Until next time, folks. Thanks for tuning in to episode 35, Jaguar Report Podcast.